All right, you can have a seat. We have a, again, Corey is off on the road. He's rodeoing, uh, taking his daughters. They're doing doing very well, it sounds like, too. They're having a great, great time. So uh, this morning, we have a friend of mine, friend of Corey's. He knows him, too. And he's a brother in Christ. He's a brother right down here at Beecher Island. So we're, he's come from old Colorado. Maybe you're going to say all this. He has XTD Ranch Ministries. Uh, just brings the word and uh, just brings the truth and and it's good stuff so make welcome uh, mr david shumpert as uh, he comes up here to bring us the word well good morning everybody morning. Uh, we had a beautiful drive out here this morning a friend of mine was coming through from idaho and uh, scott back here he spoke this morning in sunday school and uh, he spent the night at our place, was resting up and overnight in a horse uh, that he picked up up there and headed back into the southeast part of this country and uh, so he followed all the way to church this morning and he still got like 1300 miles to go and so but he didn't want to miss church and he wanted to hear what God had to say and meet new people and see new country and all that stuff and and I gotta say this is beautiful country uh, here I've never been out here before um, and so it was great to come out here and we drove through I don't know maybe an hour and a half of fog uh, and then it just broke free as we got closer out here. So God is definitely shining on you guys this morning. Um, but it was a beautiful drive out here. It's a beautiful church. And, and I enjoyed being here this morning uh, during Sunday school and hearing all the prayer requests and everybody sharing their hearts and seeing the young people come up and participate in front of the church. And uh, you guys are doing a good job in raising these children in the way that they should go because they are the next generation. And I'm here to tell you that uh, I never always probably saw kids like that at a certain time in my life. You know, when they asked for the grandparents to stand up, I had to stand up because I, hard to believe I'm a grandpa. I know it's probably hard to tell by looking at this Arnold Schwarzenegger looking amigo up there. But uh, anyway, I am a grandfather of five grandkids and uh, some of them are getting old enough now to uh, be making me a great grandparent. So I say that to say that I got started young, really young. Um, and so as I started having kids at a young age, I didn't see them as the blessing that I see them now. I saw them as a stumbling block to get to where I thought I wanted to go. And listening to everybody here this morning and what we were talking about being slow to speak in the adult Sunday school class, being slow to speak, quick to hear, letting God speak through us and say what God wants us to say, not what we want to say, setting our pride aside, wanting to impact the lives of our children and the impacts of the lives of everyone around us. It's probably one of the most important things that we could ever do with our life. Do we all agree on that? We were talking about how words can affect people and talking about scars and, and all those things that sometimes even when we forgive each other and, and we ask for forgiveness, and these are all the things I was hearing in adult Bible study this morning in Sunday school, you know, sometimes the scar is still there. And it's a scar in the heart and it's hard to overcome those things in life. And how important it is that we only say what God wants us to say and not what we want to say. And we want to affect the lives of the people around us, the people in our congregation, being slow to offend people, being slow to be offended. All these things were here, words that I heard this morning. And I heard that about the cinnamon rolls this morning. Like, don't anybody be offended. Everybody
everybody has cinnamon roll, makes great cinnamon rolls, and don't, you know. It's all in good fun, and it's all in good intention, and it's all just loving each other. And the one thing that I was going to say this morning when I was sitting in here is one of the ways that we can be not easily offended by what other people say is being in a relationship with them and being in a relationship with the Father. And the closer we are to God, the less offended we are by the things that the world say because one thing is for sure, when we're walking in the world and we're letting His light shine through us, people are going to be offended. But we can't back down from that. We have to be who God has called us to be in everything that we do. Um, the scripture I was, I was sitting here this morning, um, listening to everybody, and uh, God has a way of messing with my mind. Uh, because I had a message all planned last night, and then on the way out here, he was starting to work in my heart, and I was listening to him, and he was changing the message. And then when I got here, he continued to change the message, and continued to change the scripture. And I am a guy that, until five years ago, I couldn't talk in front of anybody. If I didn't know you, I wouldn't talk to you. And uh, But God physically and metaphorically called me in off the range uh, from what I had been doing, punching cows my whole life. And um, so here I am this morning. That's a 55-year testimony in eight seconds. <laughs> and so it was a good ride. So, uh, but I want to turn to Matthew 5, uh, 14 through 16, um, if you would. While you're doing that, I want to pray, dear Lord, just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for the work that you've done uh, in my life uh, and have afforded me uh, the heart that would listen to you and listen to your spirit and not my own and to take my pride and set it aside and to be with me and, and be up here courageously in your word uh, because it's not about me, it's about you. Father, I pray that everybody here this morning would open their hearts and their minds to you and what you have to say, not to what I have to say. Lord, I pray that you not only speak through me, but you speak to me. Father, I seek your will and your way in my life and everything that I do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And it says, and I'm thinking about you guys when I'm reading the scripture about where you guys out here and, and uh, down in this valley actually, but you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. <clears throat> when I was sitting here listening to you guys all talk this morning, and, and one thing that I see that this church being literally, I mean, I'm from Alt, Colorado, and that's like, I don't know if it's the same size as Ray or smaller than Ray, I don't know, it's like one square mile of town, but then there's a lot of people that live out and around it. And when we came through Ray, I gotta admit, we just kept going and going. I'm like, Tucker had to have given me his home address. <laughs> but I didn't have phone service, so I couldn't call. And I'm like, well, now I'm gonna be late, and I'm worried about all this stuff. And then as we came over the hill and came into the valley, I thought, how amazing is it that this church is sitting way out here, and look at how many people are in here. And you think about how God works and puts people where they need to be to affect the lives of others. This church is sitting in the middle, literally, of nowhere. 
and look at the light that it shines and you people are here today and open-hearted and, and speaking truth and loving on each other and, and talking to each other I mean I we have a range ministry in our barn and we're not really in the middle of nowhere but we're not in the middle of town either and we run cows and, and we use what we do to, to be used by God and, and stuff and we, we meet in a barn and it's a barn it's a, it's a shop basically Tucker's been there Andre's been there it's like down our driveway along this little dirty irrigation ditch and you drive all the way past the, the corrals where the, the rope and cattle are because we have the college rodeo team from CSU practices our house and and we have lots of rope and cattle there and lots of young people lots of youth we have tons and tons of youth they all come to our place and they practice and they rodeo and they and we instruct them and it's the light of that arena of that old barn in the back next to that old dirty ditch in that dusty arena that sits off the beaten path and the people come because it's light it's a light for God it's the, it's the light of the world because God is in it and he uses it to reach people and how that little arena that never had God in it before he got in my heart before I let God start using me and let his light shine through me that arena was nothing but dirt with a fence around it and how God can use a church here and a barn at our place and a dirty arena at our place how he can use that to be the light upon a stand and people are drawn to the light but we have to let him work in us and through us when I heard the word outreach up here about what you guys are having coming up church is not here it's somewhere else and, and, and I heard the word outreach man you guys are reaching people out here in the middle of nowhere you're reaching people and doing outreach which is exactly what God wants you to do it's an amazing thing to see God work in ways that you never could imagine when you let him in and hearing the young kids speak and talk which is amazing because they're here and they want to be here and they're with their families and stuff that's what you guys are all about that's what God is all about that's what God wants to do and he's using you for outreach a couple of years ago we had taken in some outside cows we didn't know that they were illegally in the state of Colorado from New Mexico and crossed through the border and spent three weeks in the sale barn in quarantine. Nobody told us on any of that. The owner didn't tell us that. But they delivered the cattle, turned them out in the pasture, and we were running them on a different place, and the grass got short. We put them on our place, and we were running all these cows together, and, and cattle started getting sick. And we don't know what they picked up at the sale barn, but they brought it into our herd. And so cattle were sick and it was kind of winter time and it was pretty cold and um, and every day I would ride out with LA 200 which is my go-to at least in our country everything else is too expensive and we would ride out with LA 200 and we'd have to rope all these calves and, and they were bigger calves they were fall calves but they were getting long in the year and they were kind of big so I mean they were 350 weights and we'd have to rope them and dock them. And we had a bunch of them sick, getting sick. And we had this one calf, we put out some corn stalks out in the field so they could kind of lay down because it was really cold. And so we'd kind of spread them out. And this, this one big calf was laying down in the corn stalks when I rode up on him. And when I did, he was just 
ooze and sickness out of his nose and obviously under respiratory distress and and uh, I only had like I had five cc's left in my vial that's all I had in my saddlebag and I rode up on that calf and I pulled out my vial I looked at him like I don't really this calf ain't gonna make it and so I put it back and I rode off and man I got convicted I looked out and I knew there was more calves out in the pasture that are going to need doctored that were probably going to make it if I doctored them but I rode off and the further away from it I rode the more convicted I got and God said Dave show mercy show mercy and so you know it takes a while for a guy to soften up to what God's asking him to do. And he'll reach you right where you're at. So I rode back, and you guys know that a calf can look pretty sick until you go. <laughs> and so I rode up on this calf, and, and I just, he was laying there, and I mean, I snuck a rope on him, and I thought, sure, he's going to jump up and just mow me down as I got off. I mean, he's probably a 350-pound calf. And so I rode up there thinking, okay, here we go. Just run up there and rope him, and we'll set a trip on him and knock him down and stuff. But he was so sick, he didn't move. And I thought, God, I'm just, I got all this work to do. I got all these other things I got to take care of. I'm burning daylight. This cat ain't going to make it anyway. And he says, show mercy, Dave. Show mercy. So I got off, and I give him, oh, I give him everything I had. I just just irritated, you know, like now I gotta go right back to the trailer and I gotta get back in the truck and I gotta go over back to the house and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, we were talking this morning about being slow to speak and quick to hear and hearing what kids have to say so that we know what to say. I was being too quick to speak and talking over the Lord to hear what he was trying to tell me. And so anyway, my day went on, you know, I had to go get more LA 200 and ride back out and do all that stuff and, and everything else, kind of just cussing and discussing, you know, the whole time. And it was cold out. I mean, it wasn't like a beautiful day like today or anything. So that kind of just compounded my mind to where I really wasn't listening to what God had to say. So like about every day I'd ride out there, the next day I rode out there, and I, ne I never saw that calf again. I'm always riding around out there. I didn't. I didn't even take note of his of his tag number because you know I didn't think he was going to make it. So I just rode out there, docked more calves every day, and rode through the herd and worked on fans and put in my day out there. And uh, finally, one day I pulled into the hay yard and the farmer was sitting in the skid steer and he was loading up some big squares for me. And, and I said, "Hey," I said, "Whatever happened to that calf?" that was out there in the corn stalks that you put out there like four or five days ago. And he kind of looked at me kind of funny. And I said, uh, yeah, he was kind of that kind of a long-eared calf and explained it to him and everything. He's looking at me kind of puzzled. And he goes, well, he lived. Man, gets me right now. Gets me right now. The thing that we can do is let God lived through us. 
God gives you guys what you need in this church. And the saddlebag's full of what you need to carry. And the word of the Bible and the love that you have for him and for each other, let that light shine through you when you go out into the world. That's what brings people here. That's what they need. They need you to carry what they need. They need you to carry the medicine that they need in this world to show them what the love of Christ looks like. Pack the love of Christ with you everywhere you go and deliver it. Be that light. Be of courage. Don't be afraid to let God be who you are. I see these young people coming up here. They're being who God is calling them to be. They're sharing. They're reading scripture. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. And it's because of the environment that they're being raised in with you guys. It's generational. You guys are passing it down. I'm not saying they're not going to make mistakes. But it's the mercy and the grace that you show by listening and talking the word into them and speaking word and speaking life and speaking love and, and letting God's light shine through you is what's affecting the lives of your children. Don't just be proud of your kids. Be proud of yourselves because you're letting God use you to do the things that these kids would never know existed without God in your lives as parents and grandparents. Don't ever weaken on that because they are the next generation. And what you're speaking life into them, they will carry on into their schools. We have young kids, and I, I don't know, I guess I'm amazed by the young people in this church. Because at our place, we have a hundred. Let's, I'm just, I, I'm not a numbers guy, okay? But we have many, many youth that come to our place now because of the different things that we do. Because not on outreach on purpose, but on being available, by, by our arena being available, by the college coming and practicing at our house, by, by young kids from the rodeo. We do Colorado State High School Rodeo and Colorado Junior Rodeo and, you know, on and on and on. And so we're on the road all the time with these kids and it's the relationships that we build and letting God use us. You know, we we're talking about how we say and what we say and how it's, how it's received and you know, we're talking about all that this morning. If you're letting God use you as individuals in your heart, in your life, in your walk, in your talk, and everything else, God will use you in ways that you never will know. And so when I look at our place and I look at you guys and what God's getting done in your young people and I see what God's getting done in our place with the relationships that we're building with the kids and the kids come and the kids come and they practice and they start bringing their parents and then their parents start to change, their lives start to change. Everything starts to change because of our children. And to see that happen will fire you guys up. To see the awesome young people that you have in this church, it's got me fired up. Because those kids will bring their parents and bring their friends and bring their parents, their friends' parents, and they will come and they will grow and the world will change. But we have to let that light shine through us that God gave us. We have to let God do his work and his will through us. One of the scriptures that I was originally going to share with you guys this morning, but, but it applies. And it's, it's about when Jesus predicts that Peter is going to not know him. Remember the part when he says, you will deny me three times before the crow, I always say crow flies, but when the crow makes his noise. 
you will deny me three times. He's like, no way. I would never do that. I'll die with you before I'll do that. But you know what he did? When he did, he regretted what he did. And he cried and he wept over what he did because when he did it the third time, he remembered what Jesus had said. But you know the amazing part about that story? Is when, is when Jesus forgave him and Jesus came and restored him and asked him, do you love me? He asked him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. You know I love you. We're talking about Peter. We're talking about Peter that, that denied Christ. Now we're talking about Peter, the rock. That's how God works in our life. We were talking about forgiving each other this morning in the, in men, in the Bible study in Sunday school. Yeah, forgive each other. Like Christ forgave Peter. Peter went and served Christ because of the forgiveness that Christ gave him. I was one of these guys that always said, you know when you ask somebody forgiveness, they need to forgive and if they don't, that's their problem. And then you need to forgive yourself when you won't forget what happened or what you did and you let it eat you up and everything else. You know what I realized over time? Is the forgiveness of Christ is so great that it's enough. That when Christ forgave you for everything that you've done in your life and the things in your life you will not put down and leave at the cross, the things that are holding you back, the reasons in your head, because you're not renewing your mind in Christ every day, the things in your head that you're letting come between you and your relationship with Him, the things that are keeping you from being who God has called you to be because you will not just take them to the cross and leave them there. That's what you guys need to do in order to let God's light shine through you as individuals and as families and as parents and as a church because that's what we are called to do. <coughs> Anything else is nothing but a stumbling block. You guys might be out in the middle of nowhere, but I can assure you that your line shines everywhere. You know why? Because God is in it. You have no idea of the lives that you're affecting and going to affect and going to change because you're just making yourself available to Christ to do it. That's what we're called to do. Let his light shine through each and every one of you as individuals. One of the ways that God shines his light through you is through obedience. We all talk about we want to be closer to God and we want to know the plan and the purpose that God has for our life. We talk about that a lot. But you know how you build a relationship with a cult? Is you spend time with them. That you just don't stay in the round pen every day. You build a relationship and you ride it out. And you build a relationship through the trials and the tribulations that a cult goes through as you ride them every day. There's gonna be things that they've never done before. And you always have to ask for them for a little bit more. That's how God is working with us and in us. Is he's trying to get us to grow from where we are. You don't just get closer to God sitting in the pew. You get closer to God taking him with you when you go. Like Tucker prayed, give us words that we'll take with us when we leave throughout the rest of the week. How about if we get to Monday? How about if we remember that what God said through us through the message on Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday? You know what I do every morning? 
before when God started working in my life, when he really started working in my life, was when I put my pride aside and I started hitting my knees when I prayed. I do not ever start my day without hitting my knees and praying to God in the morning. Before the sun is up, before I do anything, I give my time to God. I don't look at my phone. I don't answer emails. I don't do anything. I get up, take a shower, so I can wake up like everybody else, because it takes a lot of work to look this good. <laughs> Just kidding. I get up in the morning, and I take my shower, and before I do anything else, I spend my time with the Lord. I read my Bible. I pray. I listen. You don't want to talk about being slow to speak. You want to hear what God has to say? Stop talking. Start listening in your prayer time. Zip it. Open your heart and your mind. Be grateful and let him talk to you. And when you start doing that, you don't worry so much about offending other people because God is in you all day. God is speaking through you all day long. If you guys, as I'm speaking right now, it's like we're backing things up. We're backing things to the foundation. If you want to be a light, you got to have a lighter. You got to put it on the lampstand. You got to do the things that it takes so that people can see it. Otherwise, you're above the ground the whole time. You ever got on a horse that's got all the ability in the whole wide world but does not have any foundation whatsoever? They'll never reach the plan and the purpose that God had for their life, and neither will we. Because our foundation has to be in Jesus Christ, our relationship with Him has to be with Him. Not about us, but about Him. That is what stokes the fire. That's what builds churches. As Christ has to be in everything that you do. Not just on Sunday. And not just on whatever nights you meet at church. But every day. Every morning. Put the time in. Put the relationship in. Let Him use you. You know what happens? He's in front of you. I was the world's worst we're riding out every day and go, God, this is what we're doing today. If you want to come along, you just come along. along. Or, you just wait right here, I'll be back when I, when I get back. You know, we're talking, joking around about cattle. That's like the cowboy joke of all time is, you know, cussing's okay as long as when you're working cattle, that's okay. It's a joke. It's not okay. It is not okay. Because it's through those situations, I don't know about you guys, but Brandon's is when everybody comes together. And if you want to affect the lives of many people, that many people may not go to church, it's how you act at a Brandon that has everything to do with what happens next. Because those people will go home every way. I was the first one to pop the bud at the Brandon's, have a good time, and blah, blah, blah. But after, over time, when I got, I've only been... I've only been doing this for like five years, that's it, in my whole life. The first 50 years, I don't ever remember. But in the last few years, it's changed everything. It's changed why you go to a Brandon. It's changed why you go to town. It's changed why you do what you do, why you go to work, why you talk to people, why you smile at people. It all goes back to Jesus Christ working on you from the inside out. Now when I go to a Brandon and I reach into the deal, it's crickets. Because everybody's like talking, joking. And then when I reach in, they all get quiet because they want to see what I pull out. It was 
then I realized people are watching. You're a light. How bright your light shines has everything to do with how God is working through you. And he'll change the way you act and react and what you say and be slow to speak. Because that is what the world needs to see. Not just as a church, but when you back it up. But as family, when you back it up as individuals. God will use this place in an amazing way if you guys put him first. And don't be distracted. One of the young men this morning said all the distractions that happen during rodeo season and when school starts back up and when sports start back up and how the distraction starts happening. And you'll, before you realize it, when you start letting all those little things come between you and your walk with the Lord, you'll be amazed at how, not because he's leaving you, but because you're stepping back from him. People are like, I can't hear God anymore. Well, it's because we're pulling back and we're easily distracted. That's why I don't look at my phone in the morning. That's why I spend my time in the Word of my prayer. Because if you let the world in first thing, then the world's in front all day long. Let God work in you. Be that syringe full of medicine everywhere you go. Be the answer. Carry the answer. Pack the answer. Distribute the answer that the world is looking for. Because that's what God has called each and every one of you guys to do. But you have to be willing to let him do it. Never doubt. Don't be like me and write off. Be convicted and know what you're supposed to do, but write off anyway. Just turn around back to God. Let Him guide you every step of the day in every way. Let Him use you. Because He'll put the people right in front of you as individuals and as families and as a church. He'll put the people right in front of you that He wants you to minister to. You just have to be obedient and be willing to give them a shot when they need it. God is, a, God is amazing, you guys. I know you know He's real, and He is very real. It's amazing how Peter went from who he was, and through grace and forgiveness, how he ended up being the rock. I want to be like Peter. I want to be the best Dave I can be. But I want to be the guy that has already done everything that Peter went through and denied Christ most every day of my life. And I think in all ways, if we all really look at ourselves, we're no different than Peter. When God puts somebody in front of us to minister to, and we don't, we just deny Christ. We're all guilty of it. But it's God's grace and mercy that he wants to show us the plan and purpose that he has for our life, just like he did Peter. Imagine how Peter felt when God restored him. Think as individuals and as a church, let God restore you guys every day and every way of your life. Be slow to speak, quick to hear, be quick to share quick to share the love of Christ and everything that you guys do. Because you guys will change and affect lives like you have no idea. And your kids will go to school and their light shining through them. They have no idea the lives that they'll impact every day of their life. When you realize that, you realize God's bigger plan and purpose than you can see, He does. Around our place, we call it the ripple effect. I mean, it does take nothing 
and we have no idea how far the ripple goes. A kind smile will ripple like no other. I don't know how much time I have, but I have one more story to share if I could. Okay. When we were coming down from the high school, really, I'm just going to give you this as an example. I got like 10 stories to say from the high school rodeo at Eagle, Colorado last weekend. But I'm going to share one that changed the way I see things. Was we were on our way from Eagle and I-70 in Colorado is ridiculous on a three-day weekend. And everybody was calling up the canyon. I left three hours ago and I'm still stuck on I-70. You guys might want to go a different way. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to go a different way because it's a long way around and fuel's high and I'm making all these excuses. And, and they're like, no, I would really go the other way. I said, okay. So we turned, as we came down the canyon, we turned and we went up over the top and we went to Steamboat. And speaking of Steamboat this morning, and when I went into Steamboat, there's a come and go. Who has ever heard of a come and go gas station that doesn't have diesel fuel? No. <laughs> Right? And I'm looking at this over here and it's just me and my daughter Chansey and, and we had a, a God weekend like, I mean they had our, some of our youth from our ministry started the first Bible study at a high school rodeo and had tons of kids come and it was totally kid driven. They spoke, they did everything and, and it, was, it was just one thing after another. I can tell you so many awesome stories from this weekend. Baptized the mother in the river and oh my gosh it was good stuff. So we pulled in the steamboat and I'm like, hey, there's a come and go. That's probably the cheapest fuel to block off the main street. You know it's cheaper. You know, we're just trying to, you know, pinch pennies and get home because we're rodeoing because you know rodeo and you pinch pennies. And so we pull in there, go around the big roundabout and pull in. We're in the middle of town and they got no diesel. So we turn around, we go back through the back way, we come to the Conoco gas station that did. So we go in there, they got fuel, we fuel up, we walk inside. And I'm kind of reeling about the whole weekend and how God was so busy and prevalent behind the shoots and, and, and all the things that happened. And it, so it changed the way I saw things, right? It changed the way I was seeing how God had been working all weekend and my heart was in a different spot. My perspective was in a different spot. I was seeing things through God's way, not my way. And so when I was coming out of the convenience store there, my daughter was still getting something chancy. And, and, and I, I walked up and there was some guy looking in the, my truck and looking in the horse trailer and looking in the truck and he had a he had a healer so he's obviously you know ag background of some kind and and boots and and really dirty like the rest of us during the week you know covered in oil and everything and as i walked up to him my first thought was what's that guy doing looking in my truck i'm thinking at for just a split second i thought of the dave i thought the dave way was like Who's this guy looking in my truck? But in an instant, God changed the way I saw this man. Before I ever spoke to him, before I ever saw his face, I'm looking at the back of his head. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, are you all right? This guy turned around. He grabbed my shoulder. He looked at me right here in my face and he said, I lost my daughter in February. Man. I just went, don't even know this guy. All I could say was, God sees you, brother. I go, are you mad at God? He says, I can't repeat everything that he said. He says, yeah, I'm mad at God. 
said, do you blame God? He goes, I blame God. It didn't have to happen. I was like, oh, just let me, just speak through me. Don't let it be me. I let the Lord speak life into that man through me. And he said, I need a ride. I said, I'm going that way. He goes, why? I was going to go that way, but now I'll go that way. I go, are you from here? He says, yeah, I've been here my whole life. I go, you don't need to go that way or that way. He said, we need to pray. And him and I pray. We wept in the island at the gas station, not knowing what's going on around us, not caring what anybody else thinks, not caring what anybody else sees, not caring about anything, not worried about people being offended, not worrying about whether our light was shining or not, not any of those things. All I did was pray with him and wept with him, and he shook, and he squeezed, and he hugged, and I says, he says, I love you. I said, I love you too. I said, I hope the next time I see you, if I, if I ever get to see you again, that you're walking in the plan and the purpose that God has for your life because you are still here. Your light shines because it's just God shining his light through you. When you think about that moment, when you think about what happened, you think about me pulling into the wrong gas station and driving around in circles and getting caught up in life and trying to save money and trying to do all that stuff and how God placed me within 30 seconds of crossing that man's path. And of all people, my truck is the one he was looking at. God was before us that whole weekend. The worst thing I could ever do is let Dave Shumpert, the man, get in front of God in any way in that entire weekend. We all are that way. We all need to get out of the way. We all need to let God use us in the moment. We all need to put Christ first in our life. We all need to give him our morning. We all need to give him our prayer time. We all need to give him our morning to read the scripture. We all need to shut up and listen to what God has for us to do every single day and quit worrying about tomorrow. That's why it's in the Bible. He's warning us. If you are worried about tomorrow, it is taking you away from my relationship with you today. He wants to use you today. He wants you to give him your day. He wants you to give him your moment. He wants to be in front of you the entire way. People say, I don't know what God wants from me. I'm like, well, where is he in your life? Well, he's probably back there. Let him in front of you. Let him use you. Let him use the dirt in your arena with a fence around it for his glory and not your own. You could rope a thousand calves and be a world champion calf roping in your own arena and go to town and be a world champion in town. But if you do not let God in front of you, it is for nothing. It is for naught. Because when we all get to heaven and we're packing trophy saddles and golden buckles and we're tracking all this stuff to the pearly gates and, and, and you're like, look what I got done in my whole life. He's not going to say, what did you win? He's going to want to say, how did you use it for me? That is the best thing you could do with your life, not just to affect the people around you, but to affect your life and let him use you right where you are. Because you will get to see things through God's eyes and not your own eyes. He will use you for things you never had any idea about. The ripple effect of your single life will affect so many people in ways that you have no idea and you may never know. But it's the truth. You want me to tell you the truth in love? That's the truth. I don't care what you win in your lifetime. If it ain't for God, it's for nothing. If you got people following you and you got friends and you got all these things in your life, 
People are falling off a cliff if God is not in front of you. You ask God to show you the plan and the purpose, be willing to walk in it. If he's in front of you, he's making a path right in front of you, walk in it. Be obedient. Do what God calls you to do. The little things turn into big things. When he trusts you with the little things, and you're obedient, they'll trust you with the big things. And you know what happens? Those big things, they don't look too big to you anymore. I can assure you of that. My prayer for you guys, not only as individuals, but as a family of Christ, a family of believers, a church, is that you guys will put God first in this church. And it starts at home as individuals. Let this church be the light on the lampstand for all the world to see. Pray for you guys. Dear Lord, I pray for this family of believers. Father, what an amazing place. I, I was praying with you this morning about letting it be your word and not mine. And Father, I thank you for that. You spoke to me as well. Father, I pray that everybody just puts you first in their life. When they go home today, that this will be the message that you had today would be the message around their kitchen table. And they would pray as families and individuals around the table and around their home. And tomorrow when they go to work and they look at people in their lives and people that irritate them at work or, or things that are happening in their life, they're they're praying and they're they're praying to you about what to do and what to say. Father. I pray that you give them the courage and the strength to just be obedient in you and not worry about what the world thinks, but let you worry about the details around them. Father, when we came into this place, let us leave better and closer to you than when we came. Don't let coming to church just be part of what we do. Father, let it be who we are. Let our relationship with you be who we are. Father, I pray that you would use each person here today, including me, for your glory and not my own. Father, I pray for the young people in this church as they go out into the world and they go back into school and they play sports and they do all the things that they do out away from church, Father, that they take you with them when they go there, that they're leaders for you on their teams that they're leaders for you at the rodeo, that they're leaders for you with their friends on, on Friday nights when the rest of the world is doing their thing. Father, I pray that you would be who is on their mind. That it would just be your light and your love shining through them so that their friends know who to go to when they're in trouble. I pray that the same thing for the parents. I pray that the parents here, Lord, the same thing so that when their kids are Peter, when their kids are making mistakes, let their parents be who they can go to when they're in trouble. I pray for the parents in the hearts that we are slow to speak and quick to listen so that we can let you speak through us and not our anger and not our pride. Father, let your will be in the life of every person here and be their willingness to follow you beyond their wildest dreams that the gifts and the talents and the abilities they gave, that you gave them, they would use for your glory and not their own. Father, use them in a way that they never saw coming. I pray these things in Jesus' name.